Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Jesus Christ, Amen. It's also a pleasure and a privilege to come and speak to you this this morning. And then we'd like to thank the pastor for the opportunity to come again and speak to you. And I hope we are all happy this morning to come into the house of the Lord. Because David says, "I was happy when they said I must come into the house of the Lord." Yes, because that is where there is joy, liberty, peace, every great thing that you may need. This is the only place that you will find it. You can seek it in many other places, but you'll find that when you go there, you'll fail. But whatever you may need, when you come here, you are certain that you will find it. Amen. And for that, we, are, we like to thank you all for being here. And we, we, we believe that the good Lord will come and bless you this morning. And then, uh, as we're going to have our spiritual food, I heard that there is also <laughs> natural food waiting for us when we come out of here. Yes, but for us it will be better if we can have our spiritual gastronomic fed on first before we can go there and feed our natural gastronomics. Amen. So without further ado, I would like um, the, the musician to take their place and then from there we'll get on with the business of the day, which is preaching the word of God. Amen. Because that is the main thing that has brought us here. Amen. Uh, we'll read a few scriptures. And then from there, I think all of you will realize that the last time I was here, we're speaking on the law of faith. 
And then uh, we are speaking about a city whose builder and maker is, is God. We didn't finish that. We just got cut off because of time in the middle. So we'll continue on the same subject and see if God will be merciful and gracious to us so that we'll be able to wrap it up. Amen. Not to wrap it up, <laughs> but to allow him to do as he will. Because each and everything that we do is according to God's will. Amen. Now we'll read our first scripture. Hebrews 11, verse 8 to 19. And then, uh, yes, and then it reads this way. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned into a land of promise and as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a seed whose wished foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And I think even the last time we, sh- we showed you why it is good for us to believe the word of God and to believe his promises because Whatever he promises, he is able to fulfill. There is nothing that he can promise you that he cannot carry out. Amen. When he says he's going to do something, he will do whatever he said he will do. Amen. Now, therefore, spring there even of one, and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the sign sure innumerable. This also died in faith having not received the promises, but having seen them afar and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they, say such things, for they say such things declare plainly. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have an opportunity to have returned. Now, here, what, what, what Paul is saying is that because of Abraham took a journey, he was from the Ur of Chaldea. Now, he was not mindful of what he came because he was only looking forward to the promises that was laying before him. So he forgot whatever he had there in Chaldea, in Ur of Chaldea, looking forward to the promises that God promised him, a promised land. Now, but now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Now he was walking this journey on earth, but his focus was not on earthly things, it was on the heavenly things. Because he, being a prophet, realized that the city he was looking for was not a earthly city, even though it was going to be here on heaven. But he knew that it was going to be a city coming out of God from heaven. Amen. For now they desire a better country that is any heavenly, whereby God is not ashamed to be called their name. God is not ashamed to be called their name, for he had prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he, had, he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac thy sheep shall be called, accounting that God was able to what? To raise him up. That means even though God commanded him to kill Isaac, he believed that because he was a promised seed, a promised son, God 
even though he was going to kill him, God was going to be able to raise him from the dead. Amen. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. Amen. Let's read another scripture, Second Peter 3 verse 10. I think we read also this scripture the last time. Now, by the day, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall mend with fever and heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be bent. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. This, remember, this was one of our things. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of people ought ye to be? in all holy conversation and godliness. So he's saying, seeing that this earth, as you know it, is going to pass away. What manner of a people, while we are still here on earth, taking this journey of life, what manner of people ought we to be? And he comes and he says, we should, all, we should be in all holy conversation and in all holiness. You understand? That means we should be what? Be in fellowship all the time and we should be in godliness love one another all the time amen looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of the lord wherein the heaven being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fevered heat you know when that fire the holy fire shall come nothing shall escape it if a brother says there will be an explosion a volcanic explosion going Many kilometers up into the sky. Now, remember, when he says the earth, there was a new heaven and a new earth because the old earth had passed away. It does not necessarily mean annihilation. No, it was not annihilation. He used the word called pararecomia. Pararecomia means to change from one form to the next. That means this earth is going to be cleaned up so that it's going to be holy so that the holy city that's going to be coming there should be able to stay in here. So that is why he says it shall melt. So it has, there's nothing that's going to escape because even the crust, the earth crust that you see it, that explosion will turn it, explode it, so that nothing that is here on as we see it now shall remain. So that now when the new city shall come, everything will be what? Clean. Holy. That means there won't be any gems, no sin, sin in people, sin in women, disease, gems, strife, malice, whatever might be there will never ever be found when that city comes in. Amen. That is why when he says, Shall new, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming out of heaven from God. It was a new city. But this city is not going to be in heaven. It's going to be right here. Amen. Nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherein, beloved, seeing that you look for such a thing, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and be blameless. That means you must be what? Perfect. Because he is, the one that has betrothed you is what? Perfect. Amen. Uh, let's read another scripture. I think I will leave it here for this one. 
And then we can read our last scripture. We'll go back to Hebrews again. And then we'll read uh, Hebrews um, chapter 7. Because now, remember, we were building up. This is where we, we wanted to go. To the man called Melchizedek. Because you find that Abraham, when he was going to that city, when he was on a journey, there was one checkpoint that he had to pass. You remember, in a in journey of life, there are some checkpoints. There are some places whereby you need to go there and uh, just wait a bit, do something, and proceed. Now, Melchizedek was one of those checkpoints. Now, let's hear what uh, the, great Paul, the great Apostle Paul says about him. For he says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who did what? Met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also... Abraham gave him a tenth part of all, all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness. Remember, we are looking for, we need to be righteous because we are going to meet what? The king of righteousness. Uh, and after that, also king of what? Salem. Which is also what? King of peace. Remember, Jesus Christ is the what? The prince of peace. Melchizedek is what? The king of peace. Now, even though we're going to break it up, you, got, you can already see that there is a relationship there. Amen. Now, he was what? Without father, without mother, without descent. Having neither beginning of days, nor end of life. So, but was made like unto. No, he was not like, he was not like the son. But he was like unto the son of God. And he abided what? A priest continua. Now, the question is, who is this Melchizedek? Why Abraham had to meet him? May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Uh, we'll ask uh, Brother Mafagaza to come and pray for the reading of the word. Amen. Almighty God, we want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for this precious morning. Heavenly Father, the scriptures have been read, O oh God. We believe it is your word, O oh Father. It is you in, in print form, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We know no scriptures is of private interpretation, Lord. May you use our brother in a mighty way as he's getting out of the way. Hallelujah. May the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, use him so that at the end, Father, each and every soul may be blessed. In the amen, name of amen. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. You can have your seat. Amen. Now, as we spoke the last time, just to recap a bit, this city is a city whose builder and maker is God. And this city is the city, the new Jerusalem. Now, when we say a builder and a maker, a maker is like an architect. That means the person who designed this city is what? It is God himself. Now, even the person who's going to build it is who? God himself. There is why when Jesus was on earth, he said, Be your heart, not your, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in me as you believe in the Father. For in my Father's house are what? Many mansions. And if it was not so, I would have what? Told you. So now I go and prepare a place for you. So that where I will be, you also should be? Should be. Amen. Now you see that by faith, Abraham looked for it. It was a city, a promised city. It was a promised city for the earthly bride and what? The heavenly bridegroom. 
Now, the moment we say it was a, it was an, it was an, a city for the earthly and the heaven, you can see that there is two nations there. You see? So it is a future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly brides, meaning that there will be there will be coming or a meeting of two natures. One nature will be what? Will be earthly, and the other nature will be what? Heavenly. Now, there is why when a man comes and marries a woman, the two becomes what? One. One. That means even we who are earthly, when we go on, on, on this journey to go to the new Jerusalem, to be married to this heavenly bride, even our nature has to change. Because the heavenly cannot meet with the earthly. One thing has to give. But because we are the wives, remember the wife takes the surname of the male. The husband, the wife goes and joins the husband. It is not the husband that goes and joins the wives. You understand? So we are the one who goes and joins Christ, who is our husband. So that means when we go there, our nature needs to change. And when, when that change happens, you'll find that our earthly nature becomes what? Heavenly. That is why Paul says, you will be found in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means when that change happens, you will, not, you will be here on earth, but you will also be like in heaven, sitting in heavenly places in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because now you would have what? You would have assimilated into him. That is why now if you read Galatians 3 verse 21, he says, we are baptized into Christ and we put on Christ. Yes, we will look at that scripture. Well, you are what? You are baptized into Christ and put on Christ. That means when people look at you now, they no longer you look at Brother Mafagas. They see what? Christ. Because now your nature has changed. But now you find that it is a process for you to get to that place whereby your nature has changed. There should be three stages of grace. Amen. Justification, sanctification, whereby you are what? You come and repent. After you've repented, you get baptized in water to show what to show that alignment with what you have confessed. Then after that, you get what clean up and set aside, ready for what for savings. Now you'll realize, and when that then that is not the end of it. You are empty now. <laughs> something has been taken out of you. You are empty, but something must come and come and dwell in you. Now that's when you have what. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. That means for the holy fire comes and burns everything that is in you. Then making you a vessel, a worthy vessel, a vessel of mercy that Christ can come and dwell in. Now you realize now that is the process of redemption. That means that is how you are brought back from seeing back into Christ. Now you realize that the same earth the same heaven has to, because remember now, God has to dwell with you, in you. Now his holy city must come out of heaven to dwell on this earth. That means this earth also must undergo the same process. What? Justification, yes. sanctification, and baptism of the Holy Ghost by what? By the Holy Ghost fire. Amen. Amen. Now that is why if we go there, there's what we call an antediluvian world. That was the first 2,000 years. After 2,000 years, there was a lot of sin on earth. When there was sin on earth, God came during the time of Noah with a flood, killed everything. 
Now that was what? Baptism in water. That was what? Justification. But that was not it. There was still sin. Then the next 2,000 years in the world that we are in now, Jesus came, Christ came and hung on the cross. There was what? Shedding and dripping of blood onto this earth. You understand? Now, that, now, now we are on the next 2,000 years. Whereby this whole earth shall melt away with fever and heat. No element shall escape it. Now you see now, the first time when there was a water baptism, the second time when the, 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 the blood dripped on it, as we look at it now, did, did, has sin abated? No, it has not abated. Sin has become even more, showing that even if a person can have justification and can have sanctification, if God does not come and dwell in that person, the nature of that person doesn't change. That person, yes, his sin can be forgiven. But it is easy for that person to turn back, go back to sin, because he has not what? Undergone the whole process, all those three stages of what? Of grace. Yes, it is grace in three stages, but you have to what? Undergo the whole process. That is why even now, the blood of Jesus has dripped on this earth. But the sin is even more. That is why God has realized that for me to come now, I have to come and burn this earth with what? Holy Ghost fire. Amen. Now you see now, it is that three processes. Now that is why now we say, when they say the old heaven and the new earth, the old, uh, the, the old earth has passed away, it is not an annihilation. It means that this whole earth has been cleaned up with the Holy Ghost fire. Remember, if you want to clean something thoroughly, you can use chlorine, <laughs> you can use jig, you can use everything, but if you put it under fire, now you have really sterilized it. Yeah, yeah with clean years, with chlorine, with habitane, all these agents we use for sterilization, yes, they, they are good. But if you really want to clean it thoroughly, you put it under what? Fire. fire. Then with fire, it does not matter what gem is there, corona or whatever, it will be burnt away. Yeah. Amen. Now, you will realize now this. The reason we say we, we are here on earth and we become heavenly while we are here on earth is because when we go there and meet Christ and then we become baptized into Christ and we put on Christ, it's a marriage. That means the marriage is going to happen here on earth so that while we are here on earth, we will be what? Heavenly. While we are here on earth, we'll be able to take the nature of our husband who is what? Christ, while we are what? Here on earth. So it shows you that the journey that we are taking to, to this heavenly city, it starts here on earth. So there is why Brother Bram says it is a great faith battle because it's a journey. It is a battle. Amen. Now, as we've sp we, we spoken uh, that this um, God, this earth is full of sin. It's full of diseases. It's full of malice, hatred, wars. There is always rumors of war or a war going on. There is crime. There is evil. It shows you that on this earth, as we speak, it has one ruler. 
And that ruler is the devil. That is why now you could be just walking around there on the street. (laughs) Mind your own business. And thunderstorm will just come. Form That is in the heavens. A thunderstorm will just form. And then uh, after that, a lightning will come. Strike you dead. Is that God? That is not God. So it shows you that there is why God wanted to want to change the heaven and the, 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 the earth and the heavens. Now, when he says heaven, it doesn't mean that heavens. He means the atmosphere whereby you have all these clouds, whereby you have the devil, whereby the devil rules. Now, he had to come and change that atmosphere so that there is why in that city there will not be night. Because Christ is the light of that city. There will not be rain there. Because rain clouds won't be there. Why? Because Christ is the king of that city. You understand? So whenever you go there, you will not tire. Why? Because Christ is the one that's going to recharge you. He is the one who's going to be feeding you. Even John, even John, when he saw the city, he said there was a fruit bearing new a tree or bearing fruit every month. That means you'll have a new different diet monthly. Because why? Christ will be the one feeding you. Now this tree is the tree of life. It's the life that Adam was supposed to feed on. But he did not feed on it. He chose the other tree. Now if he fed on, he was going to have eternal life. That is why when we are there feeding on this tree, we'll have what? eternal life. Eternally. Amen. Now you see now. That is why he says the old earth and the old heaven had passed away because there had to be a thorough cleaning. I mean, there are so many things that happens here which are unimaginable. I was just reading an article whereby they were commemorating uh, uh, the, the, the passing the passing away of a five-year-old girl. Not really passing away. They were, they were commemorating because five years had passed since that girl, girl went missing. A nine-year-old girl, the mother sent her to the shop to buy something. She doesn't come back. Now five years has passed. A missing alert has been sent. No one can find where that girl is. Can you imagine such evil? Who will do such a thing to a, just a young innocent girl. So it shows the condition of what? Of this world. And for me, there was another girl who came in traumatized. Anxious. Having post-traumatic stress disorder. Because she was 19 years old moving away from school. While going alone on the street, a car stops. He gets, she gets bundled into the car. They drove off with her. Luckily, by God's grace, after they drove her, there was a robot. Now the robot closed. Now she realized while they had pinned her down that they didn't lock the door. So she just opened the door, ran out quickly. Those people, as if nothing had happened, they just closed the door, threw off. You see the kind of world that we need. You do see the evil that is in it. You see why we need a new earth and a new heaven. This one must pass away. And now you need to realize something. When he says the new heaven will, will be, there will be a, a fervent heat which will melt the elements, it's not only this earth. Even the devil, 
His angels will be taken and thrown into what? A lake of fire. Whereby he will burn forever. Not eternally. Because if if he is eternally, it means he has eternal life. No, he doesn't. That means, Brother Abraham says, it could be hundreds of millions of years. But ultimately, he will be destroyed. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Now, as we go through this journey, you will realize there is a road route established to where we are hoping to go. That there is uh, deeds of pioneers, like we've spoken now about our pioneer, our patriarch Abraham. And then not only that, there is a rope map established to where we're wishing to go. And there is directions established for us to follow. That means we are not just going aimlessly. There is a direction. There are people who have come before us, who have just taken this faith battle, this faith journey, who with them we can be even confident that we are on the right track. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, we will, you will realize that we are standing on soldiers of giants. The giants of what? Of faith. We have Apostle Paul, Peter, our prophet, the William Marion Brenham, the star of our age, the great star of our age, who has gone before us. We have the great northern star that has came before us, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, they've been plotting a path for us. What we as people who are still here, all we need to do is what? Is to follow the path that they have established. The path of what? The path of faith. Because this is what? It is a great faith battle. You can never realize it without faith. No, sir. You may try by your own, but you will fail. You need somebody to take you through. You need somebody to look unto. And there's nobody better than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Now, not only that. The, pro, the pastor talked about ministers. I remember when they interpreted the same, the person thought he means ministers. No, you are a minister because you are under the great star of the age. Now we have ministers, both pastors and elders, some of them around, some of them passed on, who have come, what, sacrificed a lot to preserve what? This message that you are preaching, so that you, you will have an pure and an adulterated word of God coming your way. They go there, bend the midnight hour for your sake. Now, what should we do? We should be grateful. We have the generals that have gone on before. We have the great, the pastor, I wouldn't say great, but Pastor Willie Retief, he has passed on. An elder who has come here, brought the message here to South Africa. We have Pastor Kodima, who has come here, sacrificed a lot. Pastor Mukobi, Pastor Makula, you can name them, Pastor Chitins. Those are the elders that has came on before us. Who has come and sacrificed for this? So you see now, the route to where we are going, it is established. Because there are people who have gone on before us. Now, when we, when we falter, we can just look at them and say, when they were in this situation, what did they do? Now, it's not only those elders. We have young pastors like our pastor who also sacrificed a lot for us to be here. 
Now, you know, they say you should thank a man while he's still around. <laughs> yes. You know how the pastor sacrificed all the messages that has come here from the pulpit. What? To feed you. To, en- to, to enrich you. To make you ready for this journey of life. So you see, there are people who have gone on before us. So what we need to do is to what? To look at them when we falter. That is why now it's not only that we have our parents. You are parents. You are the generation that you are as parents. But there is a generation coming behind you. Who are what? Your children. Who are looking at you. Now, it means now, if you are a parent, (laughs) amen, you need to be a soldier for your children to stand on so that they'll be able to see this great path of faith that you are going on to. You understand? That means if you, 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 okay, let me just explain it this way. Remember, this journey to the new city is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an experience. Now, you'll find that we as parents with our experiences, we should be able to warn, the, the, our experience should be a bridge in our children and it should be a bridge for them. So that if there's a mistakes that we have done in the past, in this faith battle, they should be alert of those, those mistakes. Now, it means, as a parent, we should be able to be honest with our kids. Now, you'll realize that there is a natural tendency for... But this tendency is not spiritual. For parents, especially, to hide their failures or their negatives. But remember, in this great... With an experience, an experience can either be positive or negative. An experience can either be a success or failure. But you will realize one thing that is important. It is in the negative, in the failures, that we learn a lot. Amen. Now, do you see how important is it as a parent for you to open up to your children and say, I did this. When I did this, these were the results. Don't do it. Because if you do it, I'm here by grace. (laughs) We don't know what's going to happen to you. You see? That is why I say there are people who has gone before us. Who has gone on this faith battle. Who have done mistakes. Okay, I can ask the question. Is there anybody here who has, has never done a mistake? Can you raise up your hand? None. You see now, that means even we as parents, there is an experience that we can share with our children in this great faith battle to warn them. Now, this tendency, I think it is earthly for a a parent to let the child burn so that the child will have an experience. Oh, no. <laughs> the father is then so if the parents will come and say yeah even this happened to me no <laughs> that is not being that is not parenting when you parent when a child make a mistake you go there and say son this you must not do yes. why this is the end result <laughs> don't say he must get an experience no now you will realize one thing now 
There is where the pastor, when he was in Trinidad, he went to a church of a pastor who was a militia, yeah. who had gone there now, brethren, you need to understand one thing now. If you are in a militia, you have to kill. Or be? Kill. Yeah. <laughs> you have to loot, or you're going to be looted. I don't even want to say some of the things that you'll have to do to survive. That means the reason why, and who was it the church, big church there? Yeah, his church was the third biggest there. You know why? Because having failures, having mistake, being honest with them, it makes him what? Authentic. It made him what? Original. You could actually pin him down. He was not somebody came with some things that we don't know. You knew every. That is why he'll come and say, "No, brother, uh, you want a direction. You remember that bank? It is next to that bank that I robbed." Now that is what honesty, and you'll realize in honesty is where freedom comes. It is where liberty comes. In what? In honesty. Amen. Amen. Now, you will realize one of the important factors in this journey is time. Yeah, you may say, time, brother, yes. Remember, this city we're going to is beyond time. Mara, our journey to it is in time. Understand? Now, you'll find that we need to give each other our time. Because it is in time spent together whereby things are established. That is what Brother Bram says. Give me, let me spend the time with a man. Yeah. <laughs> I will know who this man That's is. Right. But we can't know each other unless we spend time with each other. You understand? That is why we need to be in what? Holy conversation. With all godliness. That means we must have what? Fellowship. That means we must spend time Together. When we spend time together, that's when you will, as a parent, (laughs) you need to make time for your children to know where they are, how far they have progressed, how far have they gone. It is in time spent together when when things are established. Father, you need to spend time with your sons. Mother, you need to spend time with your sons. You should be the best friend to your child. Yes, you must be a parent. Mara, you must be also the best friend so that they don't learn things from friends. You are the one who guides them first. Amen. So we get it now. Uh, I think I've spoken too much, a lot. Let's read the first quotation. <laughs> Let's read our first quote. Amen. Every time I'm here, I'm always conscious of time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we'll read our first quotation on Melchizedek, the great prince and king, which was preached in 1955 01 uh, 09. So he says here yeah. Hebrews 11, that we have read, says they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. And uh, was destitute 
was destitute and places for they believe they were seeking for a seat whose builder and maker was God. Now he comes here and he says, something within them told them. Something. Amen. There was something in them. You see, <laughs> my brother, when you go to, there is a reason why he says something. Because now, when, when the, 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 Jesus Christ says, you don't know where I come from. Because where I come from, you cannot go. But I go to where I know. Why? Because I'm coming from somewhere, I'm going somewhere. That means even in this faith journey, the journey, faith battle, we are going to a city that we know. That there is a, something in us, anchoring us to that place. Amen. He says, Something within them told them there was a land, a city, whose builder and maker was God. So they sought that, not knowing where they were going. But that something was their compass. That something was their GPS. That something within them was the one directing them. Now, even you, when you go on this great faith battle, you must have what? Something in you guiding you. And that something should not be only in you. It should be what? In your children. Okay, let me give you an example now. When the, maj- the majors were looking for Christ, when the child Christ was born as a baby, there was a star that came. And then they were looking at this star. Because that star was going to lead to, to that child the promised child, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, each and every time they were walking, they were what? Looking at something. That star. That star was the one leading the way. Now you'll realize now something now. When they were moving and getting closer to where the child was, they went into a building, went and spoke to the king. That star disappeared. (laughs) You know what that means? That means each and every time you are on a journey, you should always keep your eyes on Jesus. Never lose his vision. You should not be listening to other people. Because the moment you listen to other people, you will lose what? Direction. You will lose what? Focus. And that star will disappear. This is what the Lord Jesus says. says, You cannot. I'm the Lord your God. There is no other God beside me. You cannot worship any other God beside him. Now, that is why now, when they left the king, Herod, and then they were going now, that star appeared. When, that means you must leave all the other influences behind. Focus on something. That star in, what, in the faith journey. You understand? Now, that is why with us as parents, you become something that your children looked at for the, in this faith journey. But, there must come a time when they should stop looking at you and look at him. Amen. That means it will thrill my heart if one day I'm advising my son or my daughter and they come and say, but the prophet says. <laughs> you know why? The moment they say, yes, daddy, you are saying this, but the prophet says this. It means now they have removed their focus from me now. Right. They are looking at what? 
at the great star of the age. They've moved from me. They are looking at what now? Something that is even greater than me, their parents. That is why now we must teach our children this message so that they will look at something that is going to guide you the same way as something is guiding you. Amen. Now he says, that is the way with every pilgrim today. As much as they will look at something, you also must look at something. He is seeking something he can't put his hands on. But he sees the evidence of it coming around. I think now Russia has invaded Ukraine. Now there is what? There were rumors of war. Now there is war. It shows you that that great day of the Lord's coming is what is it's approaching. Because he says, when you hear of rumors of war, and you hear of war, now that my day, the day of my coming is what? It's near. Now that, that Gog and Magog, spoken by Ezekiel 38 and 39, is closer. Now that the rapture is closer. Not that the battle of Armageddon is closer. Not that the millennium reign is closer. Not that the great white throne judgment is closer. Now you see now, it's a journey now. We're heading to what? Into this great city. Amen. Now he says, he, was, he is seeking something he can't put his hand on. You can't put your hand on Christ. But he's there. You can't, you can't put your... You, yes, you can hold his, his way because you can see it. Matter him, matter you have an experience of him. You can actually... You cannot put your hands on him, but you know he is there. You know he is the one guiding you. Amen. Because the, his evidence, you can see him around you. You can see how he is what? Leading you. You can see how he is healing you. You can see how you are passing all these trials and tribulations because something is what leading you. Amen. We can pass, and and, then now it says, it's supernatural attribute, that anchor. That city, whose builder and maker is God, that we look for, yet, uh, it's the same quotation, my brother, you just pass all the the others there, paragraph 130. Yes, go up, go up. Yes, where it says it's supernatural attributes. Yes, there. It's supernatural attribute. That anchor. You see, we're talking about anchor. Something anchoring you. You understand? Now, you see now, an anchor, if you are having a ship and there is storms raging on the ship, the ship is about to be derailed. The ship is about to drown, to sink. They put an anchor. Now the anchor, it does not matter how deep the ocean is. They have a chain with that anchor. The anchor must find something to go and cling on. Now you'll find that it must find a crevice, a rock, deep down there in the ocean. Now when it has found that, it does not matter how much the storms rages. It does not matter how much the storms come and pushes this ship to and fro, back and forward. That ship is what? Anchored. Now you, who's your anchor? The Lord Christ Jesus is our anchor. 
He is the rock of our salvation. Amen. Now our anger must go and hold and grip this solid rock. And who is this rock? That rock is Jesus. And the song says, he is the only one. You can try to anchor on other people. They will disappoint you. Mara, if you anchor on this rock, you are anchored. Nothing can move you. It doesn't matter what battles of life come your way. You're always going to be able to overcome. Because he who you anchored on doesn't know what any defeat. Who you've anchored on always succeeds. He's a what? He's a great general. He the mighty in battle, the one who always overcome. Amen. Let's go on with our quotation. Then he says, They were looking for a city. That city whose builder and maker is God. That we look for, yet can't see where it's at. But there is something that anchors up yonder. No. He says, the anchor within the veil. You see, now, when you anchor the ship in the ocean, you don't see, because there is a veil, the ocean. You understand? Now, even you, you must have an anchor, which is Christ, within the veil. That is why we say, it is something that you can put your hands on, but it is there. It is veiled from this natural eye, but it is there. Amen. Now, he says, The anchor within the veil, our hopes are steadfast. When we anchored on that one, our hopes are steadfast, unmovable. And Abraham left the, the land and Janet called himself a stranger and a pilgrim. And look, Abraham, as all mortals, not any mortal man, not a man that can make mistakes, but constantly made mistakes. Now, it shows you that even you, in this, uh, in this journey, you will make mistakes. But it does not matter what mistake you have. If you are anchored. You see, there's a word he used there. He says, supernatural attributes. <laughs> if you are a supernatural attribute. You see, the, 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 the pastor gave us a quotation on Wednesday. He says, uh, that woman, who's the, uh, the woman of somebody, had a representation. So, and he came and gave us another quotation that says, it is only the, 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 the predestinated are the one that's going to go into rapture. You, because they have a, what, a representation. Now, if you are a supernatural attribute, you are attribute of something. That means, attribute, you are a, what? A thought of God. Now, you cannot go from this journey to that city if you are never an attribute of God who is the author and then the creator and the builder of that city. That means you, you are looking for that something because you were there before. The Bible says, but Abraham says, you just don't realize it now. You know, there is a reason. <laughs> Let me not go ahead of myself because you're going to go there. Why? You don't realize it. But the, because you bypassed something. You see? It is always something. You bypass something. You bypass your theophany to come here on earth to be what? Tested. If you did not, you wouldn't be tested. Because you would have known what? All things. Jesus Christ knew all things because he did what? 
he did not bypass his theophany. We will explain how. Amen. Let me get on with this uh, quotation. Amen. Um, because we are heading to something here. Now he says, Abraham, like all mortals, he constantly made mistakes. But there was something. Because if you are a mortal, this is what I'm saying, you need to share your experience with your children. You are missed. Takes so that they don't do the same mistake because you are a mortal. Mary, being a mortal, you are what? A jewel being. Yeah, this, this flesh will give you trouble. Mary, there is this other man, the inside man inside of you. That's supposed to God take care of that thing. That's that person, this body. When you made a mistake, it's not the end of it. No. No. It just shows that you are mortal. Right. You just must go on, make it right, continue with the yeah. journey. Amen. Amen. Right. But he says, no matter how many mistakes he made, his anchor still held. Amen. Amen. Remember, even Elijah, the, the prophet says he was a man full of patience, like all of us. In fact, to show you passion, passions are feelings. There was a time even the prophet Elijah was depressed. He went into a cage, and then there was this woman, um, Jezebel, who was chasing after her, who had killed, wanted to kill him. Imagine, the prophet of God running away. Now, you see, sometimes with God, you will experience a lot of emotion. Because not long, he was in a battle with 40, 40 false prophets. Defeated them. He ordered fire from heaven to come and destroy them. But yet, there is just this one woman looking for him. He is running. There he was before, rejoicing, ululating. Fire came from heaven. Devout, devoured all these prophets. But now, all of a sudden, he's running from high to low. Now, there he was now, there, despondent, depressed, in a cage, cave, hungry. <laughs> he couldn't even go outside. You know, he had even lost faith because he thought that he was the only one left. That was a mistake. Because God says, you are not the only one. There are other 7,000 that have not bowed to the image. So you are not alone. You see? Even though he was a man full of mistakes, his anchor still held. You see? So if you made a mistake, you are not alone. Abraham, how many mistakes have he done? Oh, now, as we speak now, we have, um, we, we have uh, Muslims who have uh, occupied the place with their mosque, where the, the, the temple is supposed to be. That is what the, 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 uh, the Bible speaks about, uh, the, uh, dissolution. Um, there's a word that puts it, puts, the word has just come out of me. When we are trying to, to, to explain that. But it was a mistake. Because the mistake was what? He listened to his wife, had a child with Hagar. Ishmael was born. And Ishmael is the father of what? These Muslims who have now come and occupied the holy place where the holy temple is supposed to be. You see the mistake? The mistake is, is seen. You see the mistake now. But it happened when? Then. He says what? He is my son. Still, it does not matter how many mistakes. There was another time. He nearly even killed a poor man 
for no reason. Because he said, Sarah was what? It was his sister. And the man, because Sarah was looking nicely beautiful, wanted to marry Abraham's sister. And the angel came during the night and says, Hey, where now? <laughs> you touch this woman. You are dead. I mean, the man was protesting and said, Aubatu. But I didn't do anything. This man said, This woman is his sister. But still, what? He was God's beloved. You see, it does not matter how many mistakes you do, you are still want God's beloved. Amen. I've lost my quote here. Let me look for it. Uh, I will find it now. Yeah, here we go. I want us to finish that quotation. So he says, but no matter how many mistakes he made, his anchor still held for here what? A promise. Now, he says, so he took him, Sarah. He took Lot. He took his dead. That is paragraph 133. And as long as they were with him, God could not bless him. Why? Because God calls for a total separation. And as long as you don't separate from the things of the world, you'll find that God will not bless you. Amen. Amen. Now, the old man finally died. They buried him. He went on up a little further and Lord backslid. And you know what happened then? And then he separated, then Lord separated himself from him. Then what? God came and appeared to him again and said, now Abraham, look over. Here is your promise now. This land is all yours. Now that you've separated, now that you are now only mine, I can announce that you bless you. Now, when he made the right choice, that is separate yourself from everything. Amen. Amen. Now we'll read another quotation here. It will be also Melchizedek, uh, the great prince and king, will go to paragraph uh, 52 and 55. 52 and 53, amen. Now he says here, after it is after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, how we dwell on that now? Abraham patiently enduring. It is the same uh, quotation, uh, but paragraph uh, 52. Yes, go up. Go up again. Go up there. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Then you can go to 53 now. How we can dwell on that? Abraham patiently enduring. Enduring is what? Is seen in the invisible. You see now? Something that you cannot see. Is seeing the enduring God as though he was visible. Now, enduring is faith. It shows that Abraham had faith. Believing in something unseen. Amen. And after enduring, you know, after his endurance, after he had endured the hard fight, <laughs> that is why we say it's a faith battle, this chain. You will have some hard fights. And uh, Brother Bremen says now here, 
I've also enjoyed hard fights. You can actually see it on me. Amen? Now, the hardest fights, the hardest fights, the hardest battles, I think you'll, you'll, you'll agree with me, it is the personal battles. Those are the hardest. Personal battles. Whereby you are fighting within yourself. That is why we say something, because you need to fight within yourself to realize that thing that is supposed to, that anchor in you. You need to fight your earthly nature. That is why I was saying that it is a future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. It is two natures meeting. One has to give. Amen. Now he says the hardest battles the what are the personal battles. Because with a personal battle, um, the devil, you know the devil is our foe. Understand? Being our foe, he he fights that. Because he knows that with a fair fight, you have a chance. Now he'll go for personal. That means if he can't go for you, he'll go for your kids. If he can't go for you, he'll go for your husband. If he can't go for you, he'll go for your wife. Why? Because he wants to go personal. If he can't get to you, he wants to cause collateral damage around you. So that you'll what? You will lose hope. So that you'll do what? You will lose faith. So that you'll give up. You understand? Because he can't get to you. But now, to get to you, he go to your kids. You see, that is why you must be a friend to your kids. <laughs> so that they know, even when the enemy comes and says, Daddy, he is here. That's right. <laughs> now, when he says he's here, what can you do? That means you must fight that enemy together. Amen. Amen. It must be a family battle now. Because he's in the family now. He's not only in you. He's fighting now the whole... That is why if you come today, there's a lot of divorces. Yeah. It is what? It is some Satan with a personal battle on you. Amen. You understand? Destroying what? Your family. Yeah. Because if there is a divorce, the children have lost the way. Right. You as a father, you've lost the way. Yeah. You as a mother, you've lost your That's way. Right. Why? Because now there is damage there. That is why the, the God says, I hate divorce. Yeah. Because why? The damage it causes is serious, massive. Amen. Now, you'll find out now, he will want you to develop doubt, to question God, question his existence. Being a Christian, he will attack you so that you do that. You understand? Now, as a man, he will attack your manhood. Take your job, take your car, Amen. take your house, <laughs> live with nothing, you know, so that people will say, ah, can you, you didn't say this man is a Christian. Why are all these, look at us, this thing is not happening to us. Why are all these things happening on him? What has he done? You see now? Remember, you've, you've been baptized into Christ. You've put on Christ. That means you are Christ-like. When they see you, they must see what? Christ. Now they're still questioning the Christ and say, how what? Is that Christ? 
No, sir. Because now of what you are going through, it is the devil. That's what he does. Now, he'll want you to want to keep on questioning God. Don't do it. Amen. Now remember Job. He was men who God had blessed him. He had a lot of possessions. He had cattle, camels, sheep, goats, farms. The richest man at that time. <laughs> what did the devil say? Oh, well, let, let me just touch what he has. He worshiping you because you have given him this. Yeah. You see? He, he's causing collateral damage. Now, all of a sudden, another seven came. Uh, they were, I was there with your camels. Some other people came. They killed the other servants. I'm the one only survived, and they took all your camels. Amen. Not long, another one came. Hey, you know your goats. Hey, I am lucky to survive, Master. When those people came, ah, they wanted blood. They killed all of us. Goats are gone. Your sheep are gone. I'm the only one. Who, you see, even the devil wants the testimony. Yeah, he wouldn't kill everybody. He wants himself, people to testify of him. That is why he also has seven. Now he leaves one to come and give you what? The bad news. <laughs> Amen. As much as you must testify about your faith, also the devil is testify about his what? His doubts that he wants to give on you. He'll have a, he'll leave one and say, go. Now is this when he surprised? Why did I survive? Everybody's dead. He runs. No, no, he's a servant. He's the one who's supposed to testify to you. Hey, be careful, people. What testimonies do you listen to? Amen. Because you'll find out that you have been testified by a demon. Yes. You are still listening. It's a demon testifying to you. Hey. I just don't just drop it. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> Amen. Now you'll find that when he's doing that, now Job did not lose faith. No. Everything was gone. But he did not lose faith. Now the last bit was this now. He started with his identification as a man who God has given him. Now, that is how we say God did not lose faith because he identified himself with Christ. You also must put on Christ so that you can identify yourself with Christ. So that when everything around you collapses, you, Christ, Christ will never collapse. He says, I'm the rock of your salvation. Amen. Now he identified himself with Christ. Now, even they came with a report. Now he wants you, he started with his person, now he's coming personal now. They say, ah, you know, master, your children. You know, there's always a testimony. Your children are here, busy. They were having a party. The roof just came, fell, killed all of them. Personal. Oh, Lord, Job has lost everything. Now, when that has happened now, his wife came. You know, he went for his possession, went for his children, went for his body, because now he gave him source. He says, uh-uh, 
You're seeing his children. This man worship himself. Let me just give him boils. You'll see. He will renounce you. No, Job didn't. Now he went for his spirit. You see, the devil can go for your body. He can go for your spirit. Matter if you are a child of God, he can never go for your soul. His spirit. That is where the devil ended. His wife came and said, Ah, you. Ah, man. You know, you are a disgrace, man. Just curse God and die. Now he was going for his spirit now. His emotion, his imagination, reasoning. You see? That is as far. That is why the, that is why the prophet says, you can be insane and still be a child of God. Right. Because you are insane in the, what? In the spirit. But your soul... <laughs> you get it now. Now he went for the spirit of Job now. Still... He held firm. You see, that is why we say he enjoyed. Abraham enjoyed. Job enjoyed. You too must enjoy the hard fights. Because why? There is a crowd. If you do. Amen. Now, you'll find that, like I said, the hardest battles are the ones that mold us. Are the ones that Shapes us. You look at gold. Gold, for it to come in its lustre, in its shine, it is beat up. Beat up. So that all the impurities can go. You know, beat up. They, they lock, the locksmith, the blacksmith comes, hammers it, hammers it, until nothing is there on that gold. Until the, 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 the blacksmith can reflect can see his reflection in that gold. With you is the same. When you are hammered and hammered, you become pure until only Christ can reflect in you. Nothing else but Christ will reflect in you. Now, that is not only it. He will hammer you, the devil. <laughs> but he will also put, you know, you know if he sees that Mafagaza is winning, he, he takes the battle an octave higher. But remember now, if the devil raises a standard, what does God do? He raises a standard as well. Now he will put you through the fire. Now, when you want to get pure gold, what do you do? You melt it. Then all the other elements, iron. You see, when you heat it, you're just taking out the rocks. Those that you can see with your natural eye. But when you put it through a fire, at a certain degree, only gold can be found at that degree. You see? You also have, that is why brother, you have to have the Holy Ghost baptism fire. So that now only Christ can reflect in you. Amen? Hallelujah. So you need to be in your purest form. Christ. Put on Christ. Amen? Now, um, we'll go to our next quotation now. Uh, because now, when you, the battle is over, something must happen when the battle is over. Now, let's read Hebrews 7, uh, Hebrews chapter 7. 
and we'll read um, paragraph 75. Now, this, the prophet is showing us now why battles are fought. Why? And for what? You know, you always must choose your battles carefully. Because there are some battles you shouldn't do. Yeah. There are some things that we shouldn't find the child of God entangled in them. You must choose your battle. So he says here, Hebrews paragraph 75. He says, I want you to notice. Abraham, when speaking to those kings, remember, Abraham, uh, after he parted with Lot, there were some kings that came there and then uh, went to Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, go there and captured Lot and some of the kings there. And the Lord took 300 men of his, 300 of his faithful servants. Those who were, you see now, he just didn't choose anybody. He chose those who were circumcised. <laughs> you see? Those who had what? The whole, remember, circumcision shows is a sign of the Holy Ghost. Yes, it's a seal that you are sealed with. He took them. Then he went after those kings. Going after those kings, he captured back Lot. All the possession killed those kings. When he came back, the king of Sodom came then. He says, I, Abraham, um, you can have the, the goods, you know. Just give me the people. Abraham said, no, 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 no. I don't want people to say tomorrow, you have made me rich. No. Why? That was not the reason why Abraham went to battle. He says here, now I want you to notice, Abraham said, I will not take from a threat. To a soulage. Now he didn't fight the war to make money. He says here, real true battles are not made with what? Selfish motives. Yes. They are not there to enrich yourself. No. We wars are not fought for money. I mean, the example is the battle that's going there in Ukraine. Do you see how the economy is collapsing? Matter everybody in this world, why? They, are God, they, they go there supporting Ukraine even though the oil price is rising. Why? Because there is a principle behind it. It's not about whether the oil is this much. No, because it, there will be a precedence. If Russia goes captures Ukraine, who is next? Now everybody must go there, make sure that this does not happen. It does not matter how, what happens to money. You see? Because why? Real fights are not made for selfish motives. They are not fought for money. What are fought for motives? For what? Principles. Men fight wars for principles. And when Abraham went out to get Lot, you, you must get this one now. He didn't go out because he knew he could whip the kings and take all the possession. He went there for the principle of doing what? Saving his brother. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'll, I'll have to go there. <laughs> you see, even with the pastor, the pastor is not here for money. Because the pastor is not a hireling. A pastor is there for the principle of saving you. Whether there is money, there is no money. He is God's chosen servant. To what? To look after and take care of your soul. No money. No price. You see, even Jesus Christ says, it was not, there was no price. He had to even give, there was no price for your life. 
He had to give his own, he had to give more than money to save you. That's why even with a pastor, it's not about money. No, we don't preach this gospel about money. It's for the principle of saving our brothers. Oh, that's why he says you must keep on preaching this gospel. This good news. Amen. And any minister that is sent out under, under the inspiration of the king of heaven will not, you see, will not go for money. Neither will he go to make a big church. Neither will he go to inspire a denomination. He will only go for one principle. That is to bring back his fallen brother. Whether he get a dime in offering, whether he doesn't, you don't make a difference to him. That is the true servant of God. Not a hireling. A hireling is about how much can you give me? That is why people will go there, pay 5,000 for healing. What is that? That is a hireling, man. They'll even trick you to, to make to think that the other person is being healed. While the person is being healed, he is not being healed. It is just a setup to make money. Those are what hirelings. Amen. As I say, real wars are fought and waged for principles and not for money. And men and women who join church and come into church to be popular because of Genesis belong there. They change their church from little to big. You see, because this one is a small church. I want, I want to be popular, man. It is not even done for popularity. You are doing it for selfish motives. And the right principle is not behind it. You should be able to stand at the battlefront. That means when the war rages. That is why now uh, <laughs> we don't want... That is why if there is war, you'll find that... Um, Veterans wouldn't want a novice next to them because they know a novice can just turn back. No, they want the real seasoned soldiers because now a novice, not by a fault of his own. Have you seen an atomic bomb? Have you seen a rocket? When it explodes, you will become disorientated. You might actually go there thinking you are going there because why you've been hit by a bomb. Now with veterans, they are experienced. They know our, even with this one, where the bombs comes, it does not matter they bring an AK-47. We will stand up. A, 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 a novice can turn back on you. You see? That is why he says here, you must be willing to stand on the bed. Even you must choose people. God will choose people like that. I don't want to go to Gideon because this is going to take my time. Let's leave that one. Amen. Let's go for another quotation. Amen. Now, when this battle is over, we'll go read um, Faith is our victory. Uh, we'll read from paragraph 49 and 50. Something happened to Abraham when this battle was over. As we read that all Abraham's life, he was a pilgrim and a stranger to, this, to the world for one condition, ambition. Remember, we spoke about ambition the last time. That you must have a purpose in life. You must have an ambition. Was to find that seed whose builder and maker was God. He struck something. Hey, there's always, brother, brother. <laughs> there is always this something. He caught God and a faith in that God. And he foresaw the new city. 
and he put his back, his pack on his back and became a wanderer. Not just floating. Don't be a floater. Have ambition. Have purpose. Amen. He had faith that there was a city whose build and maker was God. An eternal seed. He had a purpose in life to find that place. May I say that here now, that one day, when the battle was over, he met the king of that city. You see? You also must meet the king of that city. He met the king of that city and he gave him communion. What is communion? Bread and wine. Jesus Christ says, you, if you cannot eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no part in me. So here was this Melchizedek now, before even communion was instituted, he came and offered our patriarch, what? Communion. Bread and wine. This Melchizedek. He met him. Why? Because he says when the battle is over. Now you see that when the battle is over, you must meet this Melchizedek. Why? Hopefully we still have a bit of time to say, to find out why you must meet him. Who is this Melchizedek? That Abraham coming from the slaughter of the king even had to take a tenth part of his things and give it to him. Who was this man? Amen. <laughs> Let's read another quotation. The future home of the heavenly bride. And see where did he meet him? <laughs> to see that, amen. He says here, paragraph 421. Truly, he says, are you ready for this? This is the city, that is the new Jerusalem, that Abraham was looking for. Being a prophet, he knew that the city was somewhere. The Bible said, and he forsook the city of Ur, of the Chaldea, where he lived, and he went over. Look where he went. Oh, brother. He went exactly where it will be. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Being a prophet, and he went to the literal spot where that city will be. And who did he meet there? (laughs) Hallelujah. He met the king of that city. Now, Abraham, Jesus has gone to prepare with divine as divine city, as a divine architect. For the brine brought in people, for a divine predestined, he's gone, he has gone to prepare this city for you. Abraham was looking for it, and he professed that he was a pilgrim and a stranger, and he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. That prophet, knowing it was somewhere, John saw it coming down. But Abraham thought <laughs> that city must be right here on earth at that time when he was there. Hallelujah. Being what? A prophet. Why? Because he met the king of it. And he gave him a title which had no mother of, no father or man, who had no beginning of life or any of days. Abraham took, met him. He took communion right on the literal spot where that city will be raised up. The holy mountain of God where the redeemed will live. 
You see, you also must meet the king of that city. Amen. Now, why? Let's read another quotation because my time is almost finished. Who is this Melchizedek, paragraph 105? Now he says, notice after the battle was over, Melchizedek served his victorious child. Oh, brother, to be able to partake of Christ, you must have a victory in your life. You understand? Think of it. He gave him communion, a part of himself. Now we want to see here, in type here, in view, the communion. After the battle, he gave of himself because the communion is a part of Christ. Now, after the struggle is over, after you've done got yourself with up, you know, like a goal where you they've struck on you. Now the only thing left is only Christ reflecting on you. You partake of what? Of Christ. You put on Christ and become a part of this being. You see now where you... you, you slowly but surely you are getting to who this Melchizedek is. Because now you become what? You partake of Christ and become a, part, become a part of this being. Christ. You know what Brother Bram says? Melchizedek became Jesus. Why? That is a question we want to ask. Amen. Now, let's leave that one. Let's read this quotation for now. Now, he says, with the only greatest battle ever fought, paragraph 111, he says, you have the prophet. See, it is your mind that opens the door or closes the door or listens to your conscience, listens to your memory, listens to your, your mind. That's what it does. Listens to your affection. But when your mind closes itself to these things. And let who? God. His, the spirit of his word come in. It blows the rest of the stuff out. Every doubt is gone. Every fear is gone. Every sensation of doubt is gone. Every feeling is gone. There is nothing there but the word of God. You see, we are getting to who this Melchizedek is. But the word of God. And Satan, you see now, cannot and will not. He has always failed to battle against that. What? The word of God. Who is this Melchizedek? That Abraham had to meet him coming from the slot of, when the battle is over, that he had to give Abraham a part of himself. You see now, he says, there is nothing standing there but the weight. And Satan, oh brother, you have to put on Christ because you've been baptized unto Christ for you to be able to proceed with this journey. Amen. Now, <laughs> let's read this. I think we're getting somewhere. Amen. Now, first reason why he has to meet Melchizedek on the way to the city. Now, Melchizedek was the king of Salem. 
What is Salem? Salem was the old name for Jerusalem. That means he was the king of the city of Jerusalem. But not this earthly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. Melchizedek was the king of that city. Now, so, so it's for you to become a citizen of a place. You need to meet the king. Especially since you, the Gentiles, were what? You are a craft. You were a <laughs> Remember, when you are here as a bride, originally the people who were supposed to be here were the Israelites. But you were crafted in. You understand? So that's why you need to be careful. Because if God, that is what the prophet says in Daniel, the sixfold of, Dan, of, of Gabriel's visit to Daniel, he says, if God could not save the Israelites when they did not listen to him, how about you? Being crafted in. You, your punishment might be severe. He punished his chosen people. The Israelites. Stopped after three and a half years of preaching. Oh yes, and he comes now. When I was preaching the last time, I said 70 weeks equals seven weeks. No, it was wrong. Seven, they say, I wanted to say the the 70th week. Of Daniel, which is one week, equals what? Seven years. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, because th- that is the seven years that Christ was allocated to preach to the Israelites. But he only preached what? Three and a half years. And then the next three and a half years will come during tribulation period when Moses and Elijah will come and preach to the Israelites. So that the time, 70 weeks that has been allocated to the Israelites will be what? Fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Then after that we have what? The battle of Armageddon. We have what? Uh, millennium reign. But before the, this, prophets, which are, the prophet speaks about in the sixth seal, come in. There must be what? A rapture. That means when there is tribulation, you, the bride, will not be here. Amen. Now you are a branch this is why you need to go and see the king and be crafted in. Amen. Now, the other reason is that he is the king of righteousness. You have, because why? For you to go into that city, God does not want sin. You need to be righteousness. Righteous. And who has the righteous? Who is righteous? No man is righteous except what? Christ. That is why you must put on Christ so that you have the righteousness of Christ so that you become a want, a real citizen. You become a qualified citizen of what? Of that city. Because it is not your righteousness, but it is his righteousness. That is why when God looks at you, he sees his blood. If he can look at you, Mafagaza, without his blood, he'll kill you. Now, who you need? That is why you need to meet this Melchizedek. Who what became Jesus? Jesus, who came and went on the cross and died for you. Who's now? Who was this Melchizedek? Amen. Now we are running. Now, let's read another quotation. 
uh, Hebrews 7, uh, chapter 1, and paragraph 24, and then let's hear who is this Melchizedek. Now he says, yeah. Now Dr. Schofield tries to say that it was a priesthood called Melchizedek priesthood. But I, I just want to say you, to take you on that just for a minute. If it was a priesthood, then it had to have a beginning. But this man was without mother, without father, no beginning of days, no ending of life, no descent. You couldn't trace him. Where did he come from? But this had no beginning or end. He did not say he met a priesthood. He met a man, Abraham, and called him Melchizedek. He was a person, not a denomination, not a priesthood or father. He was absolutely a man by the name of Melchizedek. Who was the king of what? Jerusalem. Not a priesthood, but a king without a father. Priesthood don't have a father. And this man was without a father, without a mother, without a beginning of days or ending of life. Who this man was? This was Jehovah himself. He was the almighty God himself. It could be no other. Notice, he abided forever. He has a testimony that he lived and he never dies, this man. Now, Jesus was made likened unto him. Now the reason there is a difference between God and Jesus, Jesus had a beginning. God doesn't have a beginning. Jesus, Melchizedek had no beginning and Jesus had a beginning. But Jesus was made likened unto him. Now Melchizedek was on earth. There was nothing in the world but the Jehovah God made manifest by creation. He was here like a theophany. Abraham met him once in a tent. Now, (laughs) what is a theophany now? A theophany is a wet body. Brother Abraham says, you cannot see it with your natural eye. But here he says, Abraham met him in a tent. Why? Because he's the almighty God. When he came there, Brother Abraham says, he came in as a light. Created a body for himself. Went into that body. Went to meet Abraham. That is why Abraham made a, killed a calf for him. Because he was a what? He became a, he met a man. That's right. A theophany. Yeah. Amen. Abraham recognized him. And he told Abraham what he was going to do because he, he was not going to leave the air of the world blind to the things he was going to do. Amen. Now you see who this Melchizedek now. Now let's read Hebrews uh, chapter 7, uh, paragraph uh, 306. Chapter 7, number 2, paragraph 306. Now he says, this Melchizedek was not Jesus, for he was God. And he was made Jesus. And what made Jesus and God difference was that Jesus was the tabernacle that God dwelt. Remember the pastor came and taught us that. Jesus was what? 
a tabernacle that God came and dwelt in. That means God came and he cannot himself into the man Jesus. Now, Timothy says, great is the mystery of godliness. Why? Because God, the fullness of God came, settled in the man Jesus. You are different to Jesus because you have a part of it. But Jesus had the fullness of it. But if you take a teaspoon of the seed and then you put it there, what do you have? You have the seed. You have a part of it. Mary, you have all the element of it in you. Hallelujah. Now Melchizedek, Jesus had both father and mother. And this man never had father or mother. Jesus had a beginning of life. He had an end of life. Yes. This man had no mother, had no father, no beginning of days or any. But it was the self-same person. Why? This year. It was Melchizedek. And Jesus was one. But Jesus was the earthly body. Born and fashioned after sin. Why? Remember, for you to be redeemed, you needed a kinsman. Redeem. A close relative. God is a what? He's a spirit. He cannot die. Melchizedek is a theophany. He cannot die. You needed a man. That is why when God unfolded himself, the brother Bram says he was one. He was the, 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 the great rainbow of love that came down and gave to itself back to a son. And that son was what? Logos. What is Logos? The anointed. And uh, what was Logos? He's come and says, Logos and Theophany is the self-same thing. It is a what? A part of God. When God unfolded himself to become a man, he became what? A Logos. A theophany, a wet body. From there, he became what? Man. Because only man. Why? It is because when Adam sinned, he was a man. So for you to redeem him, you must come as in the form of a man to die because only death could survive for that sin. You couldn't kill God. But God needed a body. Amen. <laughs> but the body had to be different. Not born of a woman. That is why he says, Mary is not my mother. Who was his father? He comes and he says, God was his father. The, 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 the prophet says, he will, you will be with a child of what? The Holy Spirit. You will call him what? Jesus. He didn't say it will be a child. Now, I will go on and say it. There was no part of Mary in Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, let's go on with our quotation here. He says here, but Jesus and Melchizedek was one. But Jesus was the earthly... No, you see now, we are getting to who this Melchizedek is. And why? Do you, is it becoming clear now why you must meet him? But Jesus was the earthly body born and fashioned after sin. God, his own body, his own son, born and fashioned after sin to stay 
to take out the sting out of death. Amen. To pay the ransom and to receive sons and daughters unto himself. That is why he says, you are baptized into Christ and you put on Christ. Amen. You get it. That's the reason he had no beginning and he had no ending of days. Amen. Now, it is, he, he was what? God enfolding himself from the great eternal spirit that he was. From the El, El Elohim. He went, he became, okay. God, when he was there, he was with his attributes, his thoughts. And when he expressed those thoughts, those attributes, he became, those attributes became what? Those thoughts becomes weight. Now, this Melchizedek became what? The weight. But you have bypassed that weight, the theophany. That is why now you don't remember. But Jesus was what? How did he come about? It was God, his thought, expressed the weight, the theophany, then Jesus. He didn't jump his theophany. Who is this? What is the theophany? A weight body. Jesus did not jump that. He did not bypass it. Amen. Now that is the relationship between the two. Now let's read here and then uh, from there we'll just run quickly on this one so that it becomes clear. Let's read on who is Melchizedek? Paragraph uh, 55. Who is this Melchizedek? Not who was. Because this Melchizedek is here today. You must meet him today. Brother Bremen says, I met him. Oh my. You must meet him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now he says, notice now his attribute. Then the attribute was first God, the thought, I think we've already told you that. And the attribute itself all in one without being expressed. Then when he expressed secondarily, he became what? The weight. And the weight was made flesh, you see the relationship, and dwelt among us. St. John, St. John, first chapter says, in the beginning, you see now, he, in the beginning, before the eternal, notice, in the beginning was the weight. Now, when the weight was expressed, that was the beginning of time. Remember, God before that was in eternity. He was an eternal person. Now, when he became expressed as the weight, time Begin. That is why he says, in the beginning, when time began, it was the word. But before it was the word, it was what? An attribute, a thought. Then it was expressed. Then in the beginning was the expression, the word. Now, you see now, we are getting to where this Melchizedek is. This is mysterious person, this mysterious person. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh. Dwell among us. Hold that there now. Notice. His first being was spirit. God. Supernatural. All right. The great eternal spirit. Second, he began to form himself to one's flesh. In a theophany called the Word. What? The Word body. Then it is that state where he met Abraham and was called what? Melchizedek. 
He was in the form of a theophan. Now you get it. Now we'll get to that and prove that in a few minutes the Lord will. He was the weight this Melchizedek. Now as Jehovah he says, it's like something you could not see. It could be right here, yet you cannot see it. It is just like, well, like television. That's another, remember the seven dimensions. We, our eyes, can only contact the three dimensions. Time, uh, light, and matter. Those three. Mara, it can't con- contact the others because you can only see something. But for you, like a television, there are people moving around here in a television. But you need some transformation, the prophet says, for you to pick up those pictures, those voices. You understand? But you can't see them. That is why a match could be playing in America. You could look at it here. It is a transformation. Science can do That is the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension, science can do that. Amen? Now you see now, when this earthly body is, 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 is devolved, we have another body. When this earthly body is dissolved, we have another body in another dimension. Amen. Amen. Now let's read paragraph uh, 61. Now he says, now here is, now here he is in the form of the spirit and he come in the form of anamorphic. Now anamorphic, it means to, 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 to put on a mask. But you are the same person, like in a play, when a people are having a play. A boy can come in as an old man. Go change a costume. Come and play another, the role of a king. If you don't know that boy, you'll say he's another person. Why? Because he has morphed into another character. You see now? Now, even with Melchizedek, it was Melchizedek morphed into Christ. Jesus Christ. He had just changed form. Took another from Christ. That's right. Amen. Now he appeared to Abraham and Morphe. When Abraham was returning from the slaughter of the king, here come Melchizedek talk to him. Amen. Now let's read another quotation. Um, here he says, um, now, now in this stage, in this stage of creation, paragraph 64, he later formed into flesh Jesus from what? From the beginning, spirit then came down to the word, bringing its, you see now, unfolding, bringing itself out. The word does not yet make itself. It is just spoke out and morphed. Later, he became flesh Jesus, mortal to taste death for all of us sinners. Now, you couldn't kill Melchizedek. Now, that is why Paul says Jesus is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Why? Because he is a man. God can't do that. Melchizedek couldn't do that because they could not die. You understand? We needed somebody who could die. You see, now if you come and you say, my fathers, I have a headache. There was a time Jesus was here on earth. Brother Bram says he had a headache. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows what is a headache. Yeah. When you say, Lord, please, Lord, be my provider, I need food. Yeah. Jesus here on earth, there was a time when he needed food. Yeah. You see, he is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infinity right. because he knows how it will be human. 
Mara, he knew all because he was what? He did not bypass his theophile. He is a high priest. But Melchizedek was not a high priest that could be touched because if you say Melchizedek was a headache, it's like, oh, headache? How does it feel like? Explain. But he, Jesus will tell you, oh, my son, no, 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 that is terrible. Let me heal you. Quickly. <laughs> when you come there and say, Jesus, quickly, will come and do what? Heal you. Because he knows how it feels to be sick. He knows how it feels. You see, if you want a place of abode, they say, Birds and uh, they have a place where they lay their heads, but he did not have a place. He knows to be what it means to be homeless. So if you are homeless, he says no waste. When you are homeless, it is cold. The elements rain is raining on you. No, no, no. I must do something. My son, my father, I need a house. <laughs> Why? He is a high priest. He knows it. Hallelujah. You see now why you have to meet Melchizedek and why Melchizedek became Jesus. Hallelujah. He knows it. How to be hungry. How to be poor. Oh, how to go without food. He even sent the, 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 the... You know they were so hungry. But being... You see, to show you that he... Even though he was a man, the whole of God was in him. He just said, you guys, uh, go and then we need food. Go... There is a fish there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is an ATM that is a fish. Just go catch that fish. Then we'll have something. Oh, he is your ATM. Hallelujah. You need money. He will. Pro- oh, man. Hallelujah. You need money. He will provide. He is your Joseph. You know what, Joseph? King of prosperity. He is your Joseph. You need to prosper. You just need to align yourself with him. Hallelujah. He knows. He knows it. Now, when Melchizedek met him, he was Melchizedek. He unfolds here what all, oh my, paragraph 65. He unfolds here what all the attribute will do in the final end. Every son of, 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 of Abraham must meet this Melchizedek. Every son of the faith will absolutely do the same thing. You have to meet this Melchizedek. But I want you to watch. Amen? Now, I, uh, amen? And let's go to paragraph 67. He says, Now you, we see the attributes sons of his spirit have not yet entered into the word form body. You. Agree you. What did you do? You bypassed it. But a theophan, this body is subject to the word. And it is waiting for the earnest change of the word. Amen. Now he says here, Now the difference between him and you as a son it's because he was in the beginning the weight. And a more body. He came in and lived in that person of Melchizedek. Then later we never hear no more of Melchizedek because Melchizedek became what? Jesus Christ. Amen. Melchizedek was a priest, but he became Jesus Christ. Now you bypass that. Because in that form, Jesus knew everything. But you have never been able to know it yet. 
And like Adam, like you, you became, you came from attribute to flesh to be tempted. But when this life is finished, if this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have already won waiting. The same, we are going back to our theophany now. That's where we go. That's the wait. Then we look back and then we can see what we have done. Now we understand we've never been able to become the weight. We've just became flesh men. Not the weight. Amen. Now, but look, clearly, this clearly makes it clear you'll never be the weight unless you were a thought in the beginning. You see it now. You will never become the weight unless you had a representation in the beginning. Unless you had a representation in Christ, you can't go back. No. You have to go back because you come from somewhere. You are going to back to where you come from. Amen. This clearly proves the resignation of God. You can't be the weight unless you are a thought. You had to be in the cease thinking first. But you see, in order to stand temptation, you bypass that your fun. To be tempted. Amen. Now, I think we're getting somewhere now. Now, Abraham met him. Brother Brenham met him. Now, he says, Paragraph, the same, who is this Melchizedek? He says, why, paragraph 108, he says, why, blessed be the name of the Lord. Something, hey, there's always something. On the inside of me met that Melchizedek one day. What did he do? He spoke peace to me. He gave me eternal life. And this life means nothing but a tabernacle to preach the gospel. I say this with sincerity. With two Bibles laying before me. If my God was true with me preaching, I could do no more for me. My children, you see now, there is always that element. You have to be a parent. If my children were old enough to take care of themselves and you want to take me, that settles it. You see now, the responsibility. It is God, your family, yourself. It is always that way. But you cannot go there and wish to go, leave your children who's two years old behind. No, sir. Why? You must be the parent. Amen. That settles it. Amen. Then he says again here, in paragraph 112, he says, bless the Lord. About 21 years ago, uh, I was I was and one day I had a battle with this and that and the other. There is always a battle. I could not make whether I wanted to be a fighter or whether I wanted to be a trapper or a hunter what I wanted to be. But I met Melchizedek and he gave me communion. Since then it was settled forever. You need a settlement in your life. You need a settlement in your life. You need a settlement in your business. You need your settlement in your house. You need a settlement in your family. You have to meet this Melchizedek. You see, 
says, hallelujah. I went on his side. I've been rejoicing on the road. And when he comes to the end of the road and death tears me in the face, the way I feel now, I'll never be afraid. Because now I have met God himself. Amen. I'll walk. Want to walk in the face of it knowing that I know him who made the promise. That's right. Because if you, if you meet the king of a city and he says, come and settle. Our oh, brother, you know that you are going to that seat. You have, what? You have your papers. Hallelujah. You have your papers because you've met the king. You know, you have been signed. You know, people want to go to Britain. But you have to go there, sign the papers. You have your V. Is it the visa? What is it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you have met the king. He has signed it. Because it does not matter what happens. It is settled. Hallelujah. I'll ca- that's right. Knowing him in the power of resurrection. What difference does it make? Whether I'm old or whether I'm young. Whether I'm little or whether I'm big. Whether I'm full or whether I'm hungry. Whether I got a place to lay down my head or whether I haven't. The fact is that I met him. And everything has been settled forever, ever since. Amen. Then he says here, um, paragraph 150. I met him one day when I came from battle. I laid down trophies. I ain't, you see now. Ever since I met him, I laid down, coming from battle, and I laid down my, my, my trophy. I ain't fought a battle since then. Why? He fights them for you. It is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. He fights them for you. You see now, the journey now to the city becomes easy. Why? Because you have met a person who is right there in front of you. If there is an obstacle, he clears it for you. If there are thorns on the road, he clears them for you. Whatever is there on the road, he's the one coming there to clear it for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I just rest. Oh, brother. Amen. Millennium before the millennium. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just rest upon his promise knowing that I know him mm. in the power of his resurrection. That's all matters. What else does matter? What else? Oh, amen. Now, uh, well, yes. Uh, can you give me just 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> amen. Now, let's come to this part now. Now, one of the key battles, remember, there are checkpoints in this journey, is marriage. That is why the devil hates it. Because if you, Brabham said, if you want to know a man, to know his character, know his ambition, you look at what he marries. Look at who he marries. You will know him. And if you, you see now, and if you get marriage right, half the life's battle are won for you. Yes. Imagine coming from work. Battling with the boss. <laughs> Amen. You go home, you battle with the wife. Ah, you are finished, my brother. Ah, you are finished. Ah, you are done. They say you are completely finished. Complete, you are done. Stress at work. Stress at home. 
The, the only thing left for you is the bar. Yes, you have to go to the bar and drink. Yeah. And wait until when she's awake. You see? You get it right. Now, when the boss has trust you, Brother Bram says, you, want, you find her waiting there at the door. Prepare a nice dinner for you. Take off your coats. Oh, brother. Eh? Uh, amen. <laughs> Wash your feet. Oh, it's like you never been at work. It's like you never been at work. I know it's like you never been there. Why? From stress to comfort. Mara, if you go from stress to stress, uh, we are gonna bury you. Ah, you are done. And every time, hey, Mikhail, where are you? Oh, my brother, I'm in my house. <laughs> what do you want? No, I, I said maybe we must meet. Oh, brother, Mary, it's Tuesday. I'm just, just after, what's wrong with you? He's running. Oh, brother. Now, I will tell you as a young person, with this message, you can get it right. Isn't it true? Now, we had this conversation in my house, I think it's about two weeks ago. Because you have to tell your children about this thing. Because Brother Bram says, I have friends who have been married two, three times. Who are good people. And then uh, it is, a, you know, adultery says, okay, should we go there? If you go to Revelation, it says it is the adulterers. The sorcerers, the fornicators, who will not enter. You see how big is adultery. Now he says, I have friends. Remember now, if you make a vow and you promise to marry, like our brother there got married, the brother promised. This is after brother, the, the, the marriage, or the, the sermon you had on the vows. So I was speaking with my children about the vows. What is the importance of the vows? Because brother Mary takes it serious. We as parents, we must take it serious. Yes, because if you say to a girl, you're going to marry her, and you don't, and you marry another one. That's what the prophet says. You are an adulterer. At least the girl child has a way of escaping. You heard it. You can use the father. Mara, you as a man, it is done. So you must be careful what you profess as a young person with your mouth. Because you'll be caught up unawares. And you find out you are adulterer, you don't even know it. Goodness. How big, how deep is that? Amen. Now, that is why we say you as a parent, you need to be a soldier on which your children lean on. If you, you as a parent, maybe when you were married, you didn't marry right, or during your marriage, something went wrong, don't hide it from your children. But Abraham says, you must speak it with them so that they don't do the same thing. You understand? So, so, okay. All right. Maybe let me say. You see, honest, you know, when it comes to these kind of things, if you are not honest, you are denying the very same purpose that this message is made for. Which is what? Grace. You are denying the fact that God healed you. God forgave you. God regenerated you. 
God turned you into a new leaf. You are a new creature. He took the heart of stone from you, put in a heart of flesh in you, took away your spirit, your nature, and put in a nature of God in you. The moment you are not honest, you are denying all that. Now, how do you expect your children to have trust in this God if he can change you? Ponder on that for a while. How do you expect them to have confidence in this God that you are not even confident that he forgave you? Goodness. That is deep. You must must show confidence in your salvation with your kids so that they know that this kid, this God is alive. He can forgive. He can mold. He can turn a person into a new leaf. You come say and say, look at me. I have put on Christ. Putting on Christ is not words. (laughs) It's action. It's life. It's how your life pans out. Now we know if you've put on Christ or you haven't. Yes. Yes. By your action. You deny it. You want to make it holy. It is make-believe. They know it. Oh, what I, one thing that I like about children, they know it. Wow. <laughs> or, ah, this one is my father, he's a make believe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't see him preaching so nicely. Ah, when we are at home, ah, these men hardly ever speak to us. Ah, that one. Yo. Oh, you see him smiling. Hey, we must also go to church to see him smiling. <laughs> you know, children. They just look at you and say, ah, okay. There he is again. Smiley. <laughs> With us, he's just serious, this man. Amen. You can fool them. You, you see, <laughs> I just uh, forgot, but the pastor says there are two things. They, uh, just, I can't put it the way he puts it. But he says that you might have a blind spot. Something that you don't know. But there is always somebody who knows something about you that you don't even know about yourself. Yes. They know it. You come here, you worship. Ah, now you're starting to worship. Eh? <laughs> but yesterday, you see, you have to leave this message daily. <laughs> you have to leave it daily. It is not a matter of, I mean, church. Then when I'm in my home, it's another thing. No. They know it. Daddy. Oh, daddy. What's wrong with daddy now? No, daddy is like that. Daddy, you need to become a friend to your son. Amen. Um, you see, um, maybe you people have to open up your eyes. Like uh, we have Sister Shalom there. Uh, I don't know what Grace is doing now. But you will realize that she. No, 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 no. Hey, the elder sister. Uh, who's the elder sister? Shiloh, yes. What grade are you doing? Yes, you see now? Grade 11. What does that mean? If she's doing grade 11. Ah, there it is. You have limited time with your children. You need to make use of it. You need to prepare them. Because. If they go there unprepared, you've lost them. Hey, 
Yeah, you'll be fixing messes all the time. Why? Because when we had an opportunity, remember I said, this journey, we are going to a city beyond time. But we are traveling to the city in time. You get it now? You must use that time effectively. She's left with one year. After the next day, she's gone. Whether she likes it, Shiloh, whether you like it or not, after the next day, you are an adult. When you go to university, the mother is not there. The father is not there. Yeah. Oh my. You see now, we need to make it easy for our children to not look at us, go by pastors, look at to that great star. The Northern star. So that they will be firm and they can stand for themselves. And they can say, this I will not do. It is not where the mother says, I must do it. Or father says, I must. I mean, there is the world that the father and mother don't see you. You can go to a nightclub if you want. You can sleep outside if you want. You can sleep on the door if you want. You can sleep in on the tree if you want. You can go out the window. Oh, you have freedom there. Now you need to use that time wisely so that the child knows. Or if I do this, I'm out. What is the consequence? Amen. Amen. What is the consequence? If I do this, what will happen? You need to teach your kids. Um, you will find that the, the devil has gone out full force. But we parents have gone down. We are not. We are relaxed. No, say. When it is one year left. Oh, brother, <laughs> you need to make use of that one. If you haven't been doing it the whole time, know that you are late. But never, you are, what is the word? You are, you are late, but never too late, yes. Because you can still make something. Because when they are gone, yeah, you can call. Where are you? It's only three. <laughs> He says, I'm on a bed. Oh. oh, God bless you, my child. Did you pray? Uh, guys, could, my mother is calling. Yes, mommy, I've prayed. You see? Honesty. Hey, but the honesty, if you, do, you are not honest, you will pay a great price, especially with your kids. Oh, I'm, I think I'm talking too much now. I'm already off my nose now. <laughs> Let me say this now. Let's go on. Let's go on. Mother, you must teach your children about these things. Father, you must teach about your children about these things. Your experience can save your child. Speak to them. Say, when I did this, this happened. I don't want this with you. You see, my child, I, how many have told their children they love them? My son, I love you. I don't want this to happen to you. Those conversations, your child don't forget them. They will, he might, you see, they say, teach a child about God so that even when he goes out, 
he will not be able to go so far that he doesn't remember. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> now, while we're discussing, a question came out, and it says, uh, before, the, the question was, before choosing a partner, you, we say you must pray to God to help you in the guidance of choosing a marriage partner. Now the question is, how will God answer? Now I want us to settle on that one just for a bit, then I think we'll be done. Now, God will answer you through his word. How is the question? We have, let's read what the prophet has to say. You know, we have a prophet. <laughs> If we don't know, there is our if I say something and my son says, the prophet doesn't say, it, hey, I'm like, no man, this one. This one is on the right track. Let's go search it. Now let's search it now. Let's see what the prophet has to say. Because you will find that in this journey of life, you know, this great faith battle, a good wife, a good husband will come in handy I'm telling you. Oh, he will cushion so many blows. There will be blows. There should be somebody to cushion them for you. You need that partner. Let's read a spoken word, Jehovah Jireh. And let's hear what he says. Yeah? Yeah, he says here, paragraph 16. He who has found a wife has found a good thing. As Solomon said, a good wife is a jewel in a man's crown. An unrighteous one is water in his blood. You are dead. If we put water in your blood, brother, you are gone. Done. You are done. You might not see, we might not see that you are done. Mara, you are always out there. <laughs> Amen. He says, in his bloodstream is his life. So an unrighteous one, one is the worst thing. You're, even beyond your boss. is the worst thing you can get a hold of. An unrighteous one is the best thing he can get a hold of outside of what? If God could give a man a better thing than a wife, he would have given it to him. Because God just gives his children the good things. But he gave him what? A wife. And he says, you know, Brahmi doesn't even count himself out. He says, I'm thankful. I, I am thankful. Amen. Now, if you look at those things in that quotation, there are key factors there. Good woman, righteous, life, salvation, good thing. So you will see it's five. And five is what? Grace. So it means that it takes grace for you to find a good wife or to find a good husband. You can never find a good husband outside of Christ because it is his grace on you. Amen. Now let's read another quotation. I think we are getting to the answer now. We've just told you what you can have. Let's see how you can have that. Amen. Now in Jezebel religion, he says this. Paragraph 18, he says, And then many times the brethren think I'm against my brother. Ghost knows different from that 
Just as long as he knows what's the truth. I'm not against brethren. It is the system. That is making us not brethren. Now, that means you need to be able to see if you marry somebody, in what system is this person? Because the system already separates. Amen. It is, it, it is it isn't the word keeping us from being brothers. You see, the word keeps you. But the system, what does it do? The system that we join into that keeps us from being brothers. It is a system that keeps us from being husband and wife. Because we need to have the what? The same system, the word system, for us to be able to walk this journey of life together. Amen. So we must, where, where must we stand? We must stand on the weight. That is what's going to give you a wife. That's what's going to give you a husband. The weight. And God will draw all men to it. Onto that. You see now he says what? Do not, do not, don't ever organize it. Denominalize it. Just keep it through, in Keep it clean in God and just keep on moving on. Just watching the end whole story. God will bring the rest of it. Now here we go now. He says there are so many, you see now, the problem is the system. A message believer cannot marry a non-message believer. It is two systems. There have been many things you've done Many things you've done for me that I appreciated. Now I can help you towards giving you a prayer cloth or something. Now, don't ask me doctrine because I don't desire to do that. So, so many people write me questions about marriage and divorce and so forth, which is a tangle in the church. I refer them back and I say, what? Ask your ah, you see now you're getting answers there now. <laughs> ask your pastor. Okay. People write me letters here and say, what about this? What about that in marriage? I refer the letter. He doesn't even, he takes, he leaves the letter, takes it back to where it comes from and say, hey brother, answer. Ask your pastor. I refer the letter back, you will get it. And he says, I am not playing. When I say refer, you will get it in your post, that letter. You will get it. See your pastor on little things because after all, he's your shepherd. Now, I want you to listen carefully now. When he says little things, he does not mean unimportant things. He says finer details. Sensitive matters. Okay. Who knows a person except their pastor? Especially their spiritual journey. Who knows where a person has been and where they are going to and where they are now spiritually except their pastor. You see now? If you want to marry somebody, who do you ask? Don't ask their friends. Ah, their friends, they want their friends to get married. Ne? They say, ah, Tom. Oh, great guy. Oh, you'll never have a great guy like Tom. Oh, sister, you're on the right track. God bless your soul. Oh, God bless you. When are we having the wedding? It's a friend. But when is the party? He says, um, you see, 
Wait a bit, brother. We are still, we are still dealing with some sins. Mafagaza, wait. There are sins there. They are still dealing with them. He is the pastor. You know what is the problem now? The problem is that people they don't want to wait. Mara, it's not only that they don't want to wait. They don't want to listen. No, they don't want to. We say, okay. The reason is because they are also a problem. <laughs> they can't wait because that person who they are dealing with, he also is having things to deal with. Yes. So that's why he can't wait. Mara, if he's pure, he has pure motives. What does he do? He waits. Mara, if he's in a hurry because he's running, there's a tail. You know, they say it was not, it was not his tail, but it was the story he told, the devil. This person has, you know, he has a tail behind him. That's why he can't wait. Because he can't wait because also he's involved. Hmm. Now, who knows the person? It is the, the final details. It's the pastor. Amen. Now, you marry. The advice is before you even go there, go to the pastor and say, Pastor, we are not choosing for you, no. <laughs> but what do you think about so and so? The pastor will be open with you. No, no, we are still helping that one. When we have passed on through this, then it's fine. You see now? You have direction. Because we don't want you tomorrow and say, ah, you guys, you didn't tell me. But we refuse to wait. You know, the truth of the matter is this. There are some things, if you are a pastor, a brother probing, we can't tell you. Like we are just probing. We don't know whether you're going to go on or not. But we say, wait. Now, if we, there are some things we can't tell you and we say wait and you go ahead, whose fault is it? Is it the pastor's fault? No. Because now you know what's happening now? After you've gone ahead, there is an explosion. Now you say, ah, Mara, you did not wait. <laughs> Don't be a clever. You see? So he says, yeah, uh, after all he's your shepherd he is the one that God sent to watch over you Amen. not only watch over you but watch over that is why if you are marrying outside another message church the pa- you go to the pastor the pastor goes to that pastor they discuss they bring an answer to you and say wait or they say ah brother there ah, no no there is fine it is not because, okay, let me not go ahead. It's not because she's a fine looking woman. <laughs> she is fine spiritually. Hmm. She's salty. You need to be salty. That is why they say, wait. Because why? That person needs to be salty. You go there, you eat raw meat. Because the person is not salty. You can't even eat it. Amen? Now, what does he say now? We might disagree upon it. 
then the co- that causes a confusion. Because now, if a, you see now, that is why if a brother comes and then he wants to marry and he runs to another church to seek for example, for, for uh, advices, there is a problem with that brother. Why is he running from his pastor? That is the first thing you need to ask yourself. This is what causes confusion in churches. We don't want that. No, we just want to quit things that is sinful, things out of the Bible. Just keep on moving on towards God. We want to save our fellow men. That is why the greatest battle is not for money, it's for of saving a brother, saving a sister. You see now? Just keep on moving towards God's sea. And if it causes little friction and things like that, that upset the church. I'd rather your pastor tell you about marriage and divorce and things and them. Let him do it. God's servants too. He's equipped to do that. He is God's servant. He is equipped to do that. Isn't it so? Now, let's read the scripture then we are almost closing. Let's read um, John 8 here. We still read, read the Bible, Muslim. Can I read a bit? Brother Isaiah mustn't read. Can I read? Can we read? Five minutes. Amen. Are you angry with me? I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I'm not here to upset you. Amen. I'm here to, 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 to warn these young people. Me, I'm gone. I can't go back. But I can warn. Now, let's read from verse 12 here. You'll be surprised why am I speaking about marriage that I'm picking this scripture. Let's hear what Jesus has to say here now. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness. He shall have the light of life. The weight. That is why we say the answer is the weight. The weight is the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said, you see now, I'm bringing two different natures. I'm bringing in the Pharisees and Jesus. But we are going somewhere. The Pharisees said, Unto him, thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus said unto them, Thou though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know where I come. You see now? And whither I go. Now you cannot be with somebody who you don't know where they come from. You don't know where they are going. You see, he Jesus knew where he came from. He knows where he's going. So even the wife you're going to marry, you, they need to know where they are coming from and where they are going. And whither I go, but you cannot, and, and whither I go, but you cannot tell where I come and where I go. Ye judge after the flesh. You see, no? Marriage is not, you don't judge after the appearance of a person. No, sir. If you go through the appearance, hey, it's a handsome boy. Hey. Yo, that handsome, when he disappears, I don't know what you're going to worship now. I agree handsome being handsome. So you don't judge by flesh. You judge by something that is inside. That is why you need to consult the pastor. 
You see now? He says, I judge no man. Yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the father I'm but I and the father does send me. You see? You need to marry somebody who has that person and the father. That means the person needs to have the belief system that you believe. They need to have God that you have. So that it's not only you bearing witness of them. God, his weight bears witness about the life of this person. Is it becoming clear now? He says, uh, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true because I'm not alone, I'm with the Father. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. You cannot just marry somebody who doesn't have God. Which testimony are you basing your decision on? Because if that person testifies about themselves, God is not there. Uh, they're giving you false information. But you see? Now let's go on. He says, I'm, I'm the one that bear witness of myself and the Father sent me. Bear it. You see now? The word must come and bear witness of the person you want to take this route with. Not only you or friends, but the father must also bear witness as well. So he says here, as we close. Then Jesus said again, verse 21, John 8. Where is the the Bible, brother? Uh, Can we just reflect the Bible? John 8, verse 21. Let's go to verse 21 now. Verse 21. We are getting where we are going now. He says, Then Jesus said again unto him, I go my way. You see? And ye shall seek me and shall die in your sins. And he says, Whither I go, you cannot. You see now? In this way to Jerusalem, you need to go there with a the person who's going the same direction, the same way as you. There's scripture there. Jesus is going his way. The Pharisees can't go that way. Why? Two different natures. Now you need to have the same person with the same nature as you. Who believe the same word as you. So that you can go the same way. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You all must be going that way. You get it now. Now he said, Will he kill himself? Oh, that, let's go to 23 now. He says, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath. Oh, you see, two different nature. The one the other nature is from beneath. And I am from above. How can the two work together? One is from beneath, the other one is from above. You get it? Okay, let me tell you a story now. Do I have five minutes? <laughs> My five minutes... I'm sorry, my people. Uh, one day, um, some, a patient and their husband, they came to me. Now, when they, it's a patient that I've known them for a long time. Now, they, they were sick. We started them on treatment, and they were doing very well on treatment. Now, we see, when we started, you know, when people are sick, you see them more often. But when they stabilize, you see them maybe once, six months. Now, after being well on treatment, they come, and then uh, oh, the, the wife man is depressed. She has lost weight. She, 
Hey man, things are not just going well with them. Now I ask them, can't you, what's, what's going on? Now the husband uh, was wearing a jacket, so he's, he does this. When he does this, there is a goat skin, there is a red beard, there is a yellow beard, there is a red string. Hey, brother, do, hey, that, that person was... What is? Wired. Yeah, that person was wired. Up to here. Even the same year, the hair still look okay. Yeah. Now the husband just said, it's, yeah, because uh, I had a calling. <laughs> you see, if you're not careful, no? you'll find yourself walking next to a sango. The woman married a man. Two natures. Now, during marriage, the nature of the other one is ancestral. <laughs> the other one is Musalwan. Oh, imagine the stress now. Don't say we didn't own you. Matos and God. Same bed. <laughs> now, the woman, I agree, the woman is a Musalwan. She's stressed. I know, man. This is too much. Little so cool. What is clay smelling all over the house? Hey. Cow dung. Mpepo. Ah, no, no. It was just too much. There I am in my Bible on the corner there. You know, that smell takes the whole house. You'll have to find a corner somewhere to read your Bible. Like the whole house is mpepo. It's the cow dung. And hey. You see now. So, it's because the other one is from beneath. The other one is from above. Those two natures can meet. It's a conflict. Now, I, as a doctor, I'm like, Our, hey, we'll take care of your treatment. Hey, that is where my Judas, my doctor, ends now. Because I don't believe in divorce. I can't say divorce, Sangom. How? We will. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, well, brothers, you must love the sango. You see, two different natures. Okay, let me tell you another one. We are closing. This couple, they get married. Now a child is born. Now they bring the child to the doctor and the child is going to crash. You know, Sister uh, Lorraine, when children in crash, they have dripping noses, cough, diarrhea, and you know, there's always something. She knows. And when they, that happens, they bring them to me. Now we just say, ah, man, don't worry, it's just crash. Now somebody went to the husband and said, ah, man, this child, did you slaughter something? You put a, a string on or something. It is the ancestors, man. Now, there is another problem. The wife is a Musalwan. The husband wants a string. The Musalwan says, the baby. You know, it became so worse. One wanted to steal the child. 
Uh, the, the wife, the, the mother doesn't want the child to, to have the strength and uh, see washo and see food too. The father wants. No, this is, ah, you motherfuckers, you are weak man. You can't even convince a woman. You can't. You, you, ah, this weak. You know, these you people of today, you have lost your tradition. Hey, it is the husband. What is the plan? Let me go steal the child. So is that the wife you want? Is that the life you want to, to, to live in on your way to Jerusalem? Huh? Is that the life you want on your way to Jerusalem? Umpepu, cow dung, smoke, swasho, you with your Bible. Lord has me, Lord have mercy. You see now, you see why you win la- half the life battle. Because you don't want to be battling a sango. Because now, you know what he, what he says now? He says, ah, that means when I'm fool, you don't love me. You must love the sango. Being a child of God. Hmm? Yeah. Let's, let's read a uh, last quotation and we will close it. Yeah, he, he, he comes and says, you, you, you don't love me. Everything is about you and your God. What about my God? You see, we are men. Do you, do you hear? Why? You don't want to be battling some ancestors in your house. Because now your, your wife is a Sangoma. That means you are fighting her now. Huh? Yes, I agree the Sangoma is in there. It's inside. You have God inside. He has Mudrosi inside. Huh? Lord have mercy. Didn't uh, Jesus here answer us now? Is it clear now? You see now? It's not because you are jealous. People, when they make decisions, we say, don't do that. They say, ah, this one. <laughs> this one is jealous of me, man. He doesn't want me to be happy. You know this one? No, we are not jealous of you. It's because we know. We've seen it. And we are heading there. We are trying to warn you. Listen. All right. Let's read our last quotation, then we are done. Uh, we'll read the last quotation here. Uh, Melchizedek, the great king and prince, paragraph 87, and we are done. No more five minutes. No more five minutes. We are done. Now he says now, in this great faith battle, I've tried to fight it. I've come against some, I came against some awful obstacles. Being over some rough roads, and it shows on me. I have. But it has been the most blessed thing, and I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Amen. And here is my greatest victory. The greatest pleasure I have is when I come against something, I cannot see over it. Hallelujah. 
I cannot see around it. I cannot or even get under it. I just keep on walking towards it. Believing this that the Lord God will make a way when I get there. I've never come this year this far and all this distance I have come, I have trusted him and he has never failed me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Um, the pastor will come. I'm done. Amen. Have a blessed week. Ponder on these things. Amen. The musicians, you can have, you can come. We, we, yes, have a song. And I can, yes, brother. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, Richard. Let's bow our heads. Maybe the door, if it can be closed. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, you spoke to us since this morning. There were critical elements that you wanted to be cited to the church. And whenever the eternal God wants to speak, sometimes time is not a matter. We were here, we have listened about the great Melchizedek. And towards the tail end, there was a warning going to our young people on the path that they are on. Valuable things that were spoken, dear God, we cannot exchange the value thereof for anything else. Unless they are set, there will be repercussions. There will be unpleasant consequences. But dear God, you spoke. And your word said, let him that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And today, the Spirit was speaking to the church. Dear God, protect our young people. Help them to have a thinking man's filter. Not only them, but as parents as well, help us to have a godly influence upon them that we lead them by an example, that we become closer to them and become accessible to them, and we are able to answer questions that they have. And above everything, help us to be very honest with them. It is my desire, dear God. Young people are perishing. Families are perishing. Churches and ministries are perishing. It is by grace this afternoon that we stand where we stand. And dear God, we want you to be central in our lives. And we want you to go before us and fight battles for us. Who are we against the enemy? Nothing. But greater is he that is in us than the one that is out there. Bless our dear brother, you have used him. Restore the virtue that he has lost and keep on revealing yourself unto him. And bless the local ministers who are here laboring in their study room, searching golden nuggets, having a burden of how they can be of such great help to your people. 
May you, dear God, continue to make them to speak without fear or favor. And even everything that comes along the way, may they correct it and be led by your spirit. And dear God, I want to commit to the families that are here, be with them, dear God. We are going to take an interval. There are meals that have been prepared by our dear sisters. Bless the hands that have prepared for every meal and sanctify the food that we shall eat. It shall be for the nourishment of our bodies and anything that the devil would have wanted to do. But dear God, we have sanctified the food. And dear God, we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. As we stand to our feet, we are not going to... I did not even look at the watch. All right. There it is. One song, we are out, and then we're going to have a meal. God bless you, Brother Mutlawi. Don't feel guilty. You had to speak what you had to speak. Uh, Brother Brennan preached on the message, the spoken word is the original seat. The church had to take a break and come back for part two. He preached four hours and 30 minutes on crisis. The mystery of God is revealed. Sometimes certain things have got to be spoken. Amen. How many were blessed? How many believe God spoke to their hearts? Amen. Let's sing any song. Oh, the time for second service. It is, we'll start at 4.30. is a period of grace. Five o'clock we start and we'll wrap up quicker. God bless you. But I would say, you don't go anywhere, the food is here. Amen. Just a round of applause for the sisters that have prepared a meal for us. Uh, Pastor Ratsadang George in Trinidad said to me, Brother Madiba, Jesus never gathered the people without feeding them. Did you see? Amen. Let's sing. <laughs>